It is Monday, March 14th, and this is People Every Day. Hey everyone, this is your host, Janine Rubenstein. Hope you had a great weekend. I am moving a little slow on the first Monday after the start of Daylight Saving Time, but you know, we're okay. We'll adjust. We always do. I am here to help you start your week off and spring forward into the biggest headlines. So let's dive right in. This major announcement from Tom Brady that stunned the sports world. 40 days, 40 days after retiring from the NFL, Brady says he's coming back. That's right. Less than a month and a half after announcing his retirement from the NFL, seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady is back to take care of some unfinished business. He wrote on Instagram, These past two months, I have realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come, but it's not now. I love my teammates and I love my supportive family. Without them, none of this is possible. Now, one key member of that family, his wife of over 13 years, Giselle Bündchen, took to the comment section of the post with her support, writing, here we go again, let's go lovey, let's go bucks. That said, Giselle did seem a lot more enthusiastic when Tom initially announced his retirement, posting a lengthy statement to Twitter about how proud she is of him and excited she is for what the future holds for their family. But she continues to be his biggest cheerleader. It can't be easy having your husband go back to, you know, being tackled by 300-pound men every day. So I'm, I'm rooting for her. Moving on to another supportive spouse, following the news that model Haley Bieber was hospitalized for stroke-like symptoms caused by a blood clot in her brain, Justin Bieber has reportedly been very worried, of course. A source told people that he can barely sleep and stays up watching her while she rests. Haley posted a story to Instagram explaining what had happened and that after her body passed the clot naturally, she recovered within a few hours. She added, quote, although this was definitely one of the scariest moments I've ever been through. I'm home now and doing well, and I'm so grateful and thankful to all the amazing doctors and nurses who took care of me. Haley and Justin had their second wedding anniversary back in September after dating on and off for a few years and recently celebrated Justin's 28th birthday, so hoping she continues to be okay. And sticking around the music world, we just learned that Dolly Parton has officially withdrawn herself from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ballot. In a statement posted to Twitter, she wrote that while she's extremely flattered and grateful to be nominated, she doesn't feel she's earned it and doesn't want to split the votes. She went on to say that she hopes she'll be considered for a future nomination and has been inspired to create a hopefully great rock and roll album at some point in the future. If anyone can do it, she can do it. And now for some drama that has everyone talking, even my mom. Another day, another update in the Kim Kardashian, Yay West debacle. We've been keeping you guys up to date with how Ye, formerly Kanye West, is using some extreme ways to show that he is not over his ex-wife. Kim, on the other hand, couldn't be happier that she's now been declared legally single. But today, the news revolves around Kim's new boyfriend, Pete Davidson, who we haven't really heard all that much from in this drama. The Saturday Night Live star alleged Allegedly had quite the text exchange with Ye and guys, he did not hold back. So joining me now to discuss it and what this could all mean for the future of this never-ending breakup story is people's Lene Brody. Hey, Lene. Hey, how's it going? 
I mean, it's going, right? Let's let's just get right into these text messages. Pete's friend, a writer named Dave Sirius, shared this alleged text exchange yesterday in a now-deleted Instagram post. The post came after Kanye posted to his Instagram page criticizing Kim's parenting skills again because she allows their eldest daughter, North, to remain on TikTok, something Kanye has stated over and over again in the past that he does not like. Kanye shared 12, 12 now-deleted Instagram posts that it is believed prompted Pete to text him in response. So messy. So first, Lene, let the people know what was said in these texts. We don't have confirmation that these are real. And I'm still waiting until I see it with my own eyes. Davidson called Kardashian, quote unquote, literally the best mother I've ever met before calling out Kanye for his own parenting skills. Pete actually wrote, quote, what she does for those kids is amazing. And you're effing lucky that she's your kid's mom, which honestly, I agree. Kim is an amazing, amazing mom, but he didn't stop there. (laughs) He did not. He did not, honey. He kept going. Then the key allegedly put his foot down, quote, I've decided I'm not going to let you treat us this way anymore. And I'm done being quiet. Grow the F up. And by the way, my sources have told me Kim is enraged and she is over the BS. She has used the word which we're not going to use, but she's over it. And that's why she's starting to post because she just doesn't care anymore. And it reminds me of like what you would hope a good boyfriend would do, which is kind of stand up for you. I mean, unfortunately, all of this is very public, but he's putting his foot down. And the part that he mentioned that I want you to get into is like what's been going on behind the scenes, even at SNL. Like he's saying like, I'm not doing all of this anymore, right? So tell people about that. Yeah, he's claiming that he stopped SNL from making fun of him. I mean, I don't really know if he has that kind of pull, but maybe he does. And, you know, he said, quote unquote, you have no idea how nice I've been to you despite your actions towards me. And then he later added, quote, I've had your back even though you treat me like S-H-I-T, because I want everything to be smooth. And then he kept going. But if you continue to press me like you have for the past six months, I'm going to stop being nice. After that music video for Ye's new song, Easy, that seems to depict the rapper, like, decapitating a claymation Pete, a lot of folks are glad to know Pete's saying something. It's been, it's been a lot. So Kanye sees Pete's text, right? How does he respond? Oh, he texted back, happy to see you're out of the hospital in rehab. Ouch. Not cool. Yeah, it's below the belt, but apparently, allegedly, Davidson goes there, too, and says, same here. It's wonders that those places will do when you get help. You should try it. So, I mean, if this is real, they are getting very, very deep, right? I think it's starting to cross a line a little bit. Apparently, according to these messages, we shouldn't be doing any of this in public. Like, I will meet you privately one-on-one, he said. But he went back and forth, though. There was this this oscillating between, like, trying to help and, and, and be, you know, cool and also dig. So, like, the main one that everyone was talking about was the photo. So just take us there. I mean, honestly, I just don't like that it's now getting to be this big because Kim really didn't want this. This is what my source is saying, right? Kim really didn't want this with the photos, but apparently there's another thing going on on Instagram right now that Kim like commented on basically saying, I'm over it. So I think we're going to start seeing a lot of this back and forth. No, the back and forth is wild, but did you see and, and have we been able to at all authenticate this this picture that Davidson sent of himself flashing the peace sign and sticking his tongue out with the phrase, 
in bed with your wife, I guess, when Kanye asked where he was? Yeah. In my opinion, that was a little low. And again, somebody who wants to keep it private is not going to do that. I think they've just had enough. They have to start speaking out. I've been hearing this for weeks. We've reported it on People.com. And they're finally speaking out. And I think we're going to see more of it. And I don't fault them for it. And North being on TikTok, I know, again, Kim feels it's not fair. Like, Kanye parades them around. And it's like artwork for her, you know? like That's her space. Yeah. I think that's okay. She's old enough. That's my opinion. Before I let you go, there's some other random piece of of out-of-this-world news surrounding Pete Davidson, right? He's going to space. So just quickly tell me about this. He's going to be among six astronauts embarking on Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin. The flight launch is March 23rd at 8.30 a.m. So this sounds crazy, but you know what? I'm here for it. I think you only live once. If that's what you want to do, Pete, you do you. I, I don't foresee Kim Kardashian joining on this excursion. I don't know about you. I mean, maybe she will. This, this It's just really wild. Like, with everything going on in the world, their drama and, and now Pete going to space is just kind of like this side story that just keeps on giving. I, I just, I don't know about you, but I can't anymore. <laughs> Lene, I appreciate you breaking this all down with me. Thanks for being on. Thank you so much for having me. Coming up right after the break, the cast of Family Matters reunited over the weekend at 90s Con to talk about their memories of the show and whether they're finally interested in doing a reboot. Then later, I speak with the family of Bakari Henderson, a young Black man who was killed while visiting Greece and whose assailants are now facing a retrial after originally being found not guilty. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. If you were a fan of that iconic 90s sitcom Family Matters and have been dying for a reboot, you might be in luck. Under one condition, Joe Marie Payton, who played matriarch Harriet Winslow, revealed at 90s Con over the weekend that Judy Winslow would need to be written back in. That was her youngest daughter on the show. The character disappeared with no explanation in the fourth season of the series. Joe Marie said she was personally hurt when Judy, played by Jamie Foxworth, was abrupt written off the show, adding, quote, when I mentioned it to the producers, I said, you guys need to tell me something that is not only creative, but also politically correct to straighten out this situation. Now, Foxworth has been open over the years about her struggles, both mentally and financially, after being cut from the show. And her TV mom has always been in her corner. Joe Marie said that she would only consider appearing in a Family Matters reboot if the very first episode featured Judy coming down those stairs. Thank you. 
Now for this next story, one that is extremely sad and has garnered international attention for years now. In 2017, a 22-year-old black man named Bakari Henderson was an avid traveler from Texas, and he had just graduated from college, and he went on a getaway to Zakynthos, Greece. One night, while partying at a local bar with friends, Bakari took a selfie with a waitress and, and didn't think much of it, but that selfie would lead to the unthinkable. A group of Serbian men questioned why the woman took a picture with him, then one punched him. Bakari fled out of the bar in fear, but the men followed him, attacked him, beating him to death. Surveillance video captured the entire horrific ordeal while eyewitnesses watched. Nine of the men were arrested for their actions, but none of them were convicted of murder. Now, five years later, Bakari's case has been reopened and a retrial is currently underway as his loved ones seek justice overseas. And I'm here with his family now, the Hendersons, including his dad, Phil, mom, Jill, younger sister Joy, and older brother PJ. They are on a mission to spread the word about this case and share why Bakari's life still matters today. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. No problem. I mean, I really appreciate you all being on today, and I can only imagine, no, I can't really imagine the pain that you all are still dealing with. We know about Bakari from reading about his life and, and how that was so tragically taken from him, but you all knew him on a personal level. So first, Jill, I, I want to know about your feelings right now, going into this new trial now, years after that night. Does that give you any kind of hope? But also, what are other feelings that are being dredged up after these past five years? It does give a little hope, but it definitely dredges up all the feelings and the trauma that we've been experiencing over the years, for sure. So how did this come about? How did the retrial happen? I know it's something that you guys have been fighting for. So thankfully, when the first trial ended, the prosecutor was so disappointed with the outcome of the verdict that he immediately went to his office and he drew up a petition to the court to ask them for the retrial. And so it was granted. And apparently this is not something that happens very often in Greece. When Bakari died, his death broke headlines back here in the States. I remember it. But from your family's point of view, he was your loved one who was in a completely different country, thousands of miles away from you when he died. So I guess, Joy, take me into that moment, if you can, when you learned that your brother just wasn't coming home. It just, it was unimaginable for me. But in that moment, I was just like trying to calm my mom down because I was worried she was going to have a heart attack or something was going to happen to her because of how inconsolable she was. Oh, God. Well, not long after Bakari's death, Phil and Jill, you both sat down with CBS This Morning co-host Gail King for just a heartbreaking interview and and said his death was bigger than what happened because it shined a light on leaders who sit back and condone this type of behavior and their silence promotes it. That was then, but now that this case is seeing a retrial after five years, do you still have those same sentiments now? There's so much more that the government should be doing to help our family and not just our family, but families in these types of situations. So I really think there need to be changes made because it's difficult to deal with this type of trauma and grief when you're in one country, but to have to deal with all the other laws internationally, it just makes it 
a different level for us. I am so, so sorry about that. Well, there was another bite from your interview with Gail King that really struck me. Jill, you said that Bakari felt safer being a Black man in Europe than he did in the States. And given all that has been going on in this country, you know, in terms of the highly publicized killings of Black men and women and the Black Lives Matter movement as a result of that, I want to know from you, Phil, uh, do you feel that what happens overseas is just an extension of the harsh realities that we have here in our own backyard? And, And what has been your experience surrounding all of this in the wake of Bakari's death? This whole thing has been hard and it's still hard because, you know, we still live it and we live it through the other people who have lost loved ones, uh, the Floyds, Brittany, and, and things of that nature. So we relive that each time we hear another family that's going through what we're going through. We hope and pray that this time we actually get justice and, you know, and our faith tells us that we are this time. Wow. Well, there has just been an outpouring of support for your family. And as Bakari's birthday approaches, he would have been 27 next month, right? Uh, what are you seeking in terms of justice? What does justice look like for you? And, and also, what are you guys doing to keep his legacy alive? Well, there, there are several things that we're doing. I mean, we are continuing his clothing line that he had started and also and Jill can speak more on the uh, foundation that we also set up to make sure we keep his legacy alive as well. We just felt like we needed an extension of Bakari that helps other people because we want to continue his legacy in a positive vein and so we offer transformative healing experiences for families who've lost loved ones at the hands of another which is an international retreat all inclusive all expenses paid and then we do different types of counseling sessions and we do group sessions we also do immersive activities with whatever culture it is that we're Um, visiting so that we can start to kind of bridge that gap so that we can start to eradicate hate. Beautiful. Just beautiful. And and I just want to end with you, Joy. Um, I'm the baby of my family. I'm the little sister to a big brother. Um, So if you could share with me, who was Bakari to you? Like, what was he like as a big brother? He was a brother that was a lot of fun to be around. It was very competitive. He made me so that I was tough, and I'm really thankful for that. He's always looking out for someone else. Wow. Well, you guys, thank you so, so much for taking the time. And, you know, my my hopes and my prayers are with you and your family and that justice is served in this case. Thank you. We appreciate you guys following the story. It means a lot to us. I realized we truly need to see each other's reality, no matter how uncomfortable it makes us, so that we might stop judging and stop pointing fingers, but rather find compassion and empathy for the others. That is Oscar winner Halle Berry's acceptance speech for the Critics' Choice See Her Award. After thanking her presenter, Issa Rae, Halle talked about how she convinced the producers of Bruised to not only let her play a role originally meant for a white man, but to ultimately direct the film as well. She went on to say this. This is why I am so grateful to be standing and living in this moment where women are standing up and we are telling our own stories. Because you know why? We will write, we will produce, we will direct, and if we're brave enough, we'll star in it all at the same time. 
You should definitely check out the full speech, which is so moving. It brought Lady Gaga and me a little bit to tears. Well, that is it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of People Every Day. 